Uh, hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> Just kidding. Welcome into the Just Josh and Podcast. I had to brush off my mic. It's been such a long time. I have been out and about traveling, vacationing, doing many a different things, seeing many a different places. Traveled to Iceland, figured out there's more green than ice. Who would have ever thought? You find out things when you leave the United States. And guess what I found out? That my love for football is even greater when time passes by. You know, they say the heart wants what it wants. And they also say that the heart grows greater in love and fondness when there is time and distance. I don't think that's the quote. The quote goes something like, distance makes the heart grow fonder. That's it. That's the quote. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. And that is how I feel about football. Despite all my excursions, despite all the different things that I was doing all throughout these last few months away from my wonderful, beautiful listeners, we are here, we are back, and it is so good. It's so good. I'm so excited. Got to watch a little bit of college football this past weekend. Got to catch up after taking a little bit of break from all the draft craziness. Got to see Joe Milton play a little bit of ball. That guy can swing it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that guy can throw the ball. Got to see a little bit of Michael Penix. Great last name. Looks amazing. A lot of great quarterbacks coming out. A lot of things to be able to note for next year's draft. But guess what, ILSA, ISLA? Guess what? We're not talking about the draft. We're talking about week one of our league. Year four. If we were in grade school, this would be senior year, which means we are matured, we are stocked up, we got our pecs have come in, our beard is starting to grow in a little bit more, we've noticed a little bit of a fancy for the opposite, just forget that, that line, we've grown together, we've grown, and we're at the most wonderful time of year that is football season it's so wonderful and so we have a lot of things to talk about I don't know how long I'll go honestly I have no idea I might just talk about my love for this league the fact that I appreciate every single one of you and I want to talk a little bit about this upcoming season I want to talk a little bit about my predictions for this upcoming season and guess what some of you You may grow frustrated. You may grow tired. You may grow bored and old. And you may think I'm a dumb, dumb idiot. But guess what? My opinions are my own. And just as Deion Sanders said the other day, you can't kill me if you didn't make me or something like that. He said something along those lines. He had this whole speech. It was really cool. Just go watch it. It's on like Motivation Mastery on Instagram. One of those like motivation things. 
But I want to talk about preseason rankings. I want to talk about my awards I'm going to give out for the preseason in terms of um, like what I think is coming up, MVP, like a player that I think is going to be the MVP, player that I think is a bust, teams that I think are going to end up winning, teams are going to be a bust, and all that fun. And so I thought it'd be fun just to go ahead and kick it off right away with my preseason rankings. Yes, preseason rankings are here. The American Eagle Pocket T preseason rankings are here. Make sure you pick up your soft, delicious, delectable American Eagle Pocket T. They are soft, spun with 100% cotton. You get them in tall and they fit you perfectly, especially with their athletic skinny jeans. I like them. You'll love them. And they're here to help provide our preseason rankings for today. So let's go ahead and talk about the preseason rankings. So this is what I think as we go into the preseason, the state of each one of your teams. Again, you can hate me, but I'm just going to be spitting the facts and spitting the truth. Now, some of it is rooted in what happened last year because I think you have to give credit to where credit is due. But a lot of it is also based on my projections for what I see next year for your team. What I see in terms of depth, what I see in terms of your starting roster, projections that I have, very uh, uh, detailed projections that I, of course, have for every single player in this league. So let's go ahead and just kick it off at the top. We'll start with one and make our way on down. At number one, going into this league, drum roll, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please drum roll right here, whether you're in your car or not. Number one in the preseason rankings, the American Eagle Pocket Tee official rankings is Sundra SJ. Sundra SJ obviously is the champion from last year, and it is well-deserved. Sundra SJ is going to be coming into this league fighting, looking to get back on top. Now, he's led by one and only Jalen Hurts, who I believe could take another huge step this next year. Honestly, didn't have the greatest stats last year. He was, he was amazing for fantasy football's sake, but in terms of real-life statistics, he could have been even better. And I think this is the year where he begins to take that step. As he works for a new contract, as he takes that step with his wide receivers, I think he's going to be really good. That's going to end up being a pivotal part for Sundra SJ's team. But it's not his only part. He also has Christian McCaffrey and Travis Etienne as his running backs. Chris McCaffrey, a little bit on the other side of 26, heading into his 27th year, dealing with injuries. But if he can get everything that he needs out of him, an elite option. Travis Etienne, heading into his, I know he's been in the year for a couple or the league for a couple years, but really kind of heading into his sophomore year, where we begin to see a really big jump out of running backs. Him being spelled by Tank Bigsby, I think, is going to really help him. The trio of wide receivers that Sundra SJ has and Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel is just really solid. It's no None of them are over the top unless one of them ends up outperforming what we anticipate. But all of them should be able to give him weak winning weeks that will continue to bolster him going forward. 
George Kittle is dealing with an injury, and I'm not super high on George Kittle this year, but when it comes to the tight end fantasy landscape, I think this is going to be a great option. It's at least someone that's better than the lower or middle tier players. Michael Mayer could end up taking that first step as the Los Angeles Raiders, uh, Los Angeles Raiders, as the Las Vegas Raiders begin to rely on him a little bit more with Darren Waller being out. So I love this team. I think it's a safe pick for number one. I also want to give props to him for winning the championship next year. I wouldn't doubt if he repeats. I do see some concerns when it comes to age of his team, but I do think that they're still a championship built roster and they can go forward barring any injuries ending and that, that end up happening. At number two, Number two, I have the other guy that was in the championship game this last year, Mahomes on a hill. It's hard for me to see Mahomes on a hill falter after looking at his roster a little bit more as well. Tony Pollard is looking like he could be just a MVP of the league. He looks like he could be an amazing player. He has Patrick Mahomes. That's enough said right there. Derrick Henry, though he's a little bit older, you should be able to get at least another uh, elite year out of him, at least one more, if not a really good year out of him. His wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, is consistently slept on. You have Tyreek Hill, again, great player. I think that he should continue to just do things that are insane and crazy. And then, of course, you have uh, other players on his team. My sleeper app isn't loading, so I don't. I can't really even see who he has. But uh, oh, here we go. Um, he has players like he has players like Dalton Schultz and James Conner, and of course, last but not least, uh, Alexander Madison, who's going to be having the full backfield to himself. I think that he should be able to put up decent numbers. There is a little bit of fear that, that uh, he could be kind of a Mike Davisy type of player, but I don't think he is. I think that he should be pretty good. So I think that this team is going to continue to be in contention for the very top seed. I think that they could easily be in the championship. I do think age is a little bit against them with some of the players like a Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen and a Derrick Henry, but this should be at least one more year of contention and continuing to go forward as one of the top teams in the league. Next up, at number three, I have Vrabel Bodied Men. What, what, what? Vrabel Bodied Men? This is the year that I think he takes the leap. I think the last couple years he could have actually taken a bigger leap, but his team has kind of been in the, the wings waiting to really take that huge next step. This is the year. Coach is ready. He's been coaching them up, and he has his players ready to go. Justin Fields is the bedrock to his team. It's what's going to take him over the edge and into Super Bowl contention. If Justin Fields can continue the year that he had last year or at least build off of what he did, that's just going to take him over the top. His running back core is a little bit iffy, just a tiny bit, with David Montgomery, James Cook, Khalil Herbert. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think that all three could end up being great contributors. It just depends upon the week. But you don't need to have great running backs when your wide receiver core is A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Traylon Burks. All three wide receivers are absolutely amazing. 
He also has, waiting on his bench, Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers could end up becoming a huge, sneaky, sneaky, great player this next year. I think that he could end up taking over this league. I think that he could be the wide receiver one for the Ravens. And I think that he could be a star. And that's going to only place him and give him something even better. That's not even like... Like, if you look at more players on his team, like Sam Laporta and Marvin Mims, this is a very young team that I think is going to be thrust into the top contention for uh, the Super Bowl this next year. Don't be surprised if they have a few down weeks, but then they end up springing back up. I do think the depth could be a little bit better, and the running back room could be a tiny bit better, but I do think that you're going to be wishing and hurting that you weren't playing Rabel Body Men midway through the year at number four i have yukon yes that yukon the yukon that faltered a little bit more last year to minnie's chagrin and surprise going through a little bit of a retooling rebuilding process right now but has an absolutely amazing team i think it's going to be hard for him to do the full retool unless he really begins to trade away more players his wide receiver core is nasty. We got Justin Jefferson, the undisputed number one wide receiver in fantasy football, at least for projected right now. DK Metcalf, Drake London, DJ Moore, and Gabe Davis. That's an absolutely insane and absolutely stacked cast of players. He has Kyle Pitts, who I do think is going to end up ultimately taking the step forward this year after having a 1,000-yard season in his rookie year, ended up faltering a little bit more last year, as we know. But that'll happen when you have Marcus Mariota throwing you the ball each week. So we'll see what ends up happening with Desmond Ritter. Now, the problem with UConn's team that many of you may argue doesn't make him number four is that his depth and his quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks baker mayfield is his other quarterback and he is ma -ma 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 mid the rest of his team is filled with many different players that have potential but probably won't end up stepping up to the plate he could be one or two years away but we'll see i do think that this team is going to constantly be in contention i think last year was a little bit of a fluke some of you may call me crazy for calling him number four, but I do think he has a better team than he lets on. He's only going to get better with the four first-round picks he has next year. Thanks, League, for doing such an idiotic thing by trading him those picks. At number five, I have Dr. Cornwallis. Yep, that Dr. Cornwallis, the one that's constantly fighting for playoff contention on the outside or sometimes barely on the inside, but this is his year. In fact, I think that you could say and maybe even argue that he should be number four. As I'm even talking to myself, I'm starting to wonder, should I have made him number four? But let's go ahead and leave him at number five for right now. His team is led out by Justin Herbert, the little baby man who has weird acne, great hair, and an amazing arm. I think that Justin Herbert could end up throwing for 50 touchdowns this year. I think that he's actually that good. He has Miles Sanders on his team as well and Aaron Jones. I think this is the last year that you probably get viable fantasy output from Aaron Jones at his age, but I still think you're going to get it. Miles Sanders has the bulk of the backfield to himself in Carolina, and I think that he's a good player. Not a great player, but I think he's a good enough player to give you what you need. He has an amazing wide receiver core with Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, George Pickens, who should be able to take another leap forward. 
And then he has Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, both from the Broncos. He has an amazing bench, which I think is also going to help him if um, Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette can find teams. It's only going to help him more. He has DeAndre Swift, who could be an amazing player and take a, a step forward. I think that there is a chance that some of these guys don't work out, just like with any team, and it could end up putting him right back in the situation that he's been in uh, the last few years. But I I can foresee Amon Ross St. Brown being amazing, Devontae Adams being amazing, and then just a few more guys like really taking him over the top. If Justin Herbert, this finally be his year, I think this could be the year for Dr. Corn Wallace. At number six, I have Captain Jameis. Yes, that Captain Jameis, that guy that I've been talking up year in and year out. But guess what, folks? This is finally his year. He's going to get into the playoffs and maybe more. Led by a now solid, solid wide receiver core that we have talked about many a many a years. But this is the year that's going to blow the freaking poop up. He's CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams. I could go on. Jerry Judy's also sitting there on the bench. He has a lot of great players that should be able to, one, take a step forward, and two, had fantastic success last year. His running back room was the one thing that was depleted last year, but now it has been bolstered by an amazing draft and a great year from Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce didn't have anybody brought into the backfield last year, and he now sits the undisputed running back one for a Texans team that should be moving the ball a little bit better with C.J. Stroud. He also has Jameer Gibbs, who was uh, picked at number 12. Huh? Picked at number 12 for the Lions last this last draft, but they should be utilizing him in a great PPR-esque role. He also has players like Tank Bigsby that if anything were to happen to Travis Etienne is an immediate RB1. And then he has Ty J Spears, who can be set up in the exact same fashion, but with Derrick Henry. I think that this team could be scarier than you think. If Anthony Richardson could end up taking a step forward and being a Lamar-esque player, heck, even if he can be 75% of Justin Fields from last year, oh, brother, this is going to get crazy. I think that this team actually could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But whoop, whoop, let's go ahead and hit the brakes right there. Those are brakes. Let's go ahead and hit the brakes right there. I think they're still a year out. Let's see what ends up happening this year. And if he can build off the success, maybe, just maybe, he'll be in the Super Bowl. At number seven, I have A. Varner. Yes, that A. Varner who sold his soul to the devil, traded away all his first-round picks, then forgot that he did that and changed his name to Tank for Marv and foolishly looked like he could actually get Marvin Harrison Jr. when he couldn't because he doesn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick next year. Avonar's team is stacked. They're really, really good. I think there's a few things that end up that, that could... Let's go ahead and talk about the positives first. Number one, he has the top two tight ends in the league, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. Bar none. Amazing players. His running back room is amazing. Josh Jacobs, the undisputed rushing leader from last year. Boom. 
right there, that's great. Kenny Walker, great talent, really good. Ramondre Stevenson, same thing. His wide receiver room is pretty good. T. Higgins is an amazing player. DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of his career, but um, could be pretty good. Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to be monstrous for him. But there's a few different things that I think make his team pretty iffy. Number one is the actual depth. If you look at his bench, he has players like Zeke Elliott, Raheem Mostert, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Donovan Peoples-Jones. All of these players that should be able to play a role but wouldn't be able to play a championship role if one of the guys go down. He also doesn't really have a quarterback. Actually, I lied. I like his quarterback room. So go ahead and take my words back. He has Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Tua. All players that have been great but not amazing for fantasy football. They could really help him this year. Here's why I have A. Varner ranked at 7. I think that he is a huge boom or bust. He could be the most competitive team this next year. But he also could be the worst team this year. Maybe not the worst, but one of the worst teams this year. It all depends upon how these players put their 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 games together. I think DeAndre Hopkins could take a turn. Travis Kelsey's already dealing with injury. Is this the year that he finally falls up the cliff? Mark Andrews dealing with injury. Maybe he doesn't really show up in the way that you want him to show up. What if Calvin Ridley for the last couple of years has taken too much time off and he can't be one of your wide receiver ones? What if... Deshaun Watson should actually be behind bars, and he actually does go behind the bars this year. I think that he should always be in contention, but I think he's middle tier because he's such a huge boomer bust, risk it or biscuit type of guy. At number eight, we got Jamar in the Marrier. Jamar in the Marrier, this is really painful for me to, to put him at number eight because I think he's also kind of a boomer bust guy. I think that he could be better than what's expected, but there is a chance that his team begins to kind of peel back a little bit more this year. Now, top-tier talent fills this team. Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, I could go on and on. He has a pretty darn good bench with good support underneath. But the problem is the stars aren't really aligning for this year. Everything kind of seems a little iffy and weird. Josh Allen should be amazing. I think he could be really good. But there's just like weird vibes coming out of Buffalo right now. I don't know if you're feeling it, but it's not the snow that's coming in this winter. (laughs) It's actually some weird vibes that are happening. Cooper Cup's injured. Who knows when he's going to come back? Hamstring injuries that, like he has when he had that setback kind of linger a little bit. You have uh, Devon A-Chain, who's also hurt for a period of time, his first-round pick from this last year. Um, you have Jonathan Taylor, who's having all this weird trade stuff and then is also out for four weeks. I think that there is a chance that this team could – this is a playoff contending team, so don't get me wrong – This could be a Super Bowl contending team. It just all depends upon if these players get healthy and can actually put it together. Right now, it feels like a lot of unluckiness is really spelling itself on this team. But if the ship is righted, I do think there's a ton of star talent on this team and they should be able to be taken over the top. I like Jamar a lot. And any time that you have top-end talent like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Allen, and Jamar Chase, I think that you can be really good. 
at number nine, I have Supercam. Supercam's a team that I, I'm not really sure what to do with. Last year, they obviously lost all of their wideouts, and they didn't really have anyone but high-end running backs and Trevor Lawrence. I really like Trevor Lawrence as a sleeper MVP candidate, or maybe he's just an MVP candidate this next year. If you look at the running back room of Supercam, they are all older, but he should be able to get like one more year out of them. Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and Joe Mixon, you're probably getting one more year, especially out of Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. Joe Mixon, if he doesn't shoot any more kids or whatever he did, I think he should be able to um, be a huge contributor. Then you have obviously Isaiah Pacheco, but sometimes you don't really know about the backfield a ton in the Chiefs world these days. Uh, his wide receivers are just iffy, and they've always been kind of iffy. They have a chance to be good. I just don't know if any of them are going to be great. Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, and Marquise Brown, again, all really solid. Some of them have been elite at some points, but can they be the different ma difference makers that he needs to be able to be a championship caliber team? I don't know. I go back and forth all the time. <sighs> but there is a chance that if these players start producing, he could end up being a playoff caliber team. I just, I got some bad juju, bad vibes about it, especially coming out of the wide receiver room in that trio. At number 10, I have Rob Cut. Now, this is actually kind of surprising to me. But I think it's kind of the same vibes that I get out of Supercam. And honestly, if I would have tiered out these rankings a little bit more, I probably would have put Supercam and Rob Cut in their own ranking. And here's why. Rob Cut has built a sneaky good team out of a great draft over the last few years. A team that should be like really, really good, honestly. Led by a great running back room in Saquon Barkley and Bijan Robinson. Both unbelievable talents that we've seen come out of the draft in the last few years and just dominate the league. I should say B. John Robinson hasn't played yet, but he should be really good, much to A. Varner's chagrin. He also has Brees Hall, the coming off an ACL injury, should be really good. And his wide receiver room is what concerns me the most. I should also add, I'm really excited about Lamar Jackson as well as a positive for his team. Um, Lamar obviously is... Uh, going to be playing with a new offensive coordinator who should be spreading the ball out more. He's uh, Todd Monken is known for three, four wide receiver sets, and that should be helpful for him as he goes forward, kind of getting away from the Greg Roman safety, but uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. But when it comes to his wide receiver room, I don't know if I like it at all whatsoever. Juju Smith-Schuster isn't old, but he feels like he literally belongs in some sort of geriatric home. The other day, I saw some sort of report that said that at any moment, his knee should explode. I don't know what he has on his knee, but he probably should get that looked at. Alan Lazard, to me is just chasing the coattails of Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he may be able to get some targets, but like, he's just kind of m -m -m mid. I love Jahan Dotson this year. So that's where this wide receiver room looks very positive to me, but I, I don't know. I, again, um, and then he has some guys like Rashid Shahid who should be able to take a step forward. DJ Chark kind of feels a little bit past his prime, but should be like a mid contributor. And then Jordan Addison is... I think going to be really, really good, but will he be really, really good his first year? I think that 
uh, you know, time's just going to tell. I think this team is a year or two out still with one more solid, solid draft under their belt. Should be an insane contributor. It will be interesting to see what happens with Saquon Barkley going forward into the future. I just don't know if for this year that wide receiver room puts him over the top. I think what we're going to see is that he's going to be fighting more than he has in the past against some of those really good teams and doing a really good job against them, but it might not be able to take him over the top. I think Dalton Kincaid is also going to be good eventually, but what we see very typically is that these fantasy tight ends don't end up contributing for two, three more years. So it's hard for me to really have full confidence in him year one. I know, I know the Bills are going to utilize him in many different ways. He's the wide receiver too for the Bills. What are you talking about? It's just we haven't really seen it yet. The last productive season that we got was from Kyla Pitts who had a 1,000-yard rookie, I'm talking rookie uh, tight end year. And even then when he had that year, you kind of felt a little bit let down. So I don't know. He might be able to be very viable in real world, but I'm not super excited about it there. At number 11, and this is quite the fall from grace, and I love him to death. I appreciate him so much. Hugs and kisses all around. This might be a little bit shocking and kind of controversial, but at number 11, I have Sofa 89. And Sofa 89 could prove me desperately, desperately wrong. But much like we were talking about with Jamar and the Marrier, it just kind of feels like some of the stars may not be aligning. I don't know. This could, I don't know. Kyler Murray, okay, let me talk about the positives first because I've been starting with the positives. I don't mind, the wide receiver room is going to be really good. Stephon Diggs, Chris Olave, Mike Evans, that's a great wide receiver room. There's, I'm sticking with positives. Darren Waller, I think, is actually going to take a huge step forward this next year. I think that he's actually a really solid tight end. They literally have tiny people all over the Giants wide receiver room. Like, none of the wide receivers are over, like, 5'4", and don't fact check that, but just trust me blindly. They're, like, the tiniest people alive, and he's, like, the tallest person that's ever existed. So Daniel Jones, I think, is going to target him like crazy. Camp reports are great. I think Geno Smith also should be able to take another step forward. Um, I think Najee Harris honestly could also take a step forward after kind of having a weird down year next year. And again, going back to the wide receiver room, Chris Olave, I think literally is going to be an insane star for that Saints team. So there's a lot of positives about this team, and I could be dead wrong. In fact, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Just prove me wrong. It's okay. If you want to prove me wrong, you can. I love you. But here's my negatives. There's rare juju going on with Mike Evans right now and his contract stuff. So maybe he'll get traded and maybe that's a benefit, but I don't know. Dalvin Cook, cut by the Vikings, goes to the Jets, splitting the backfield with Brees Hall. I don't think that he's the same player that he's always been. I think that he's hitting that classic age 27 wall that most running backs hit and heading into age 28. I just don't think he's going to be super good. That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. But who knows? Antonio Gibson, I think, is an absolutely insane freakazoid of an athlete, but Ron Rivera is an idiot and doesn't know how to utilize him. So why would we trust that he's going to end up utilizing him this year? Wandale Robinson could end up playing a good role for Sofa 89, but he's coming off an ACL injury, and I just don't think he can trust it. It just feels like, to me, this team might be a little bit on the downturn, especially with Kyle... Kyle Oh my gosh, 
Kyler Murray out for the first four weeks and Alvin Kamara also being suspended. It just does not help them. However, if he can hold the ship down and reinforcements like Kyler do end up coming back, I don't know why the Cardinals would start Kyler because they just keep saying they're going to, but why? I have no idea. Um, but like, let's say they do, and then let's say that um, Alvin Kamara comes back after his suspension. He's actually really good. I think that he could be better than what we think, but I don't know. I just, I love you, Sofa89, but I can see it not going well. And at number 12, I have the Disgusting Brothers. Wah, 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 wah. The Disgusting Brothers are going to be absolutely terrible. Do I need to say anything else? Okay, I will expound. Fine, fine, fine. Stop. I'll expound. This is an obvious rebuilding year from the Disgusting Brothers. Tons of young talent among the wide receiver room. Some may say the best young talent around. You have Quentin Johnston, Christian Watson, uh, Jackson Smith hung Jigba, as they call him. Uh, just a great wide receiver, young room. Rondell Moore, um, even though he's Mr. Tiny, Kadarius Moore, Tony, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman. Tons of guys that it's just kind of like, let's see what happens this year and if any of them stick and if any of them are good. Um, his running back room is abysmal. Joshua Kelly leads it out. If anything happened to Austin Eckler, maybe we'd be able to see a bump or maybe we'd see something good, but doubt it. Deion Jackson could get, he was crowned the starter by uh, uh, the Colts, but we'll see what ends up happening. We can bring back any of that. Other than that, um, I don't, I think maybe this may be a winless team. If Jordan Love can take a step forward, it'd be really good. Um, but really, the biggest thing for this team this year is see which wide receivers are good, see if there's anything in the running backs that uh, you have picked up, and start preparing for next year. Three first-round picks. I likey, I likey, I like that. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is next year. Um, I can't wait for next year. Wrap Marvin Harrison Jr. in bubble wrap, and let's go from there. All right. Oh my gosh, I've already gone 30 minutes. I did not think I was going to go this long. All right, let's go ahead and do a little ad read, and then let's go into some of our accolades for next year. Today's sponsor is from Fairlife. Just pretend like this is playing in the background the entire time I'm reading this. Fairlife's nutrition plan, 30 grams of high-quality protein with only 2 grams of sugar, 150 calories, 8 naturally occurring vitamins and minerals. It's a chocolate nutrition shake that you can have after every uh, workout. They have no artificial growth hormones used. And you're going to want to shake well and refrigerate after opening. It's a great tasty treat, healthy for you and good for the whole family. Make sure after your workout, you grab a chocolate, a Fair Life chocolate nutrition plan shake. Fair Life. Live your fair life. All right. Uh, let's blast through these real quick. Uh, the, for the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes, I already basically just said this. The worst team in the league sweepstakes is the Disgusting Brothers. They're going to be terrible. Don't need to say any more. Don't need to say any less. Next up is my Super Bowl prediction. I have gone back and forth for many a years and many a days, looking at many different teams, trying to figure out which one they are. And the, the team that I think is going to end up winning, the 2023-2024 Super Bowl for the IS, 
JLA or whatever we are, is Dr. Corn Wallace. Yep, that's right. I also considered, nah, I won't say who else I consider because there's too many of them. I think Dr. Cornwallis' team could be really, really sneaky good, and I think a lot of the players that he has right now could capitalize on the opportunities they have. All the reasons that I said earlier, but I think they should be really good. My dark horse candidate for this year that is going to potentially surprise everyone is Captain Jameis. I do think that his team should be able to put together a really good spell, and I think he's going to be amazing. I think the biggest bust of a player, I don't know why, I don't know why I feel this way, but it's Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, obviously a really amazing player. There's a bunch of weird stuff kind of coming out of the Bills where he's like frustrated with his role for some unknown reason. The Bills kind of have weird juju filling up the kind of their locker room where it almost feels like maybe they could be worse than we think. And I wasn't really on that team, like that bandwagon for a while, but now I'm starting to kind of feel it. So I don't know. My MVP of the year, like my best player that I think is going to be unbelievably amazing is Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be unbelievable with Aaron Rodgers. He's like literally their only wide receiver that's not like in the retirement home. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to target him an insane amount. I think he's going to be really good. I think their defense isn't as great as advertised. And I think that they're going to have to throw it a little bit more, get into some shootouts. And that's just how it finna be. So thank you so much for listening. I am so glad to be back. It's so good. It's so good. Stop, stop. Yeah, I'm so glad to be back. I can't wait to hear, see all of you guys next week. Watch some football. Have a good time. Hey, I'll, hey, I'll, hey, I'll see you next week. <laughs>